Hello everybody and welcome to Grief is My Superpower with Mark Lemon. You may have realised that I am not Mark Lemon. I am Karen Howden off of Our Tiny Diaries, the blogger, the lifestyle, family, parenting thing. And I did do a podcast with Mark a few weeks back speaking about my brother Um, But I thought that it would be very good for us to learn a little bit more about the man behind the podcast. Welcome, Mark. Hello. What an introduction. (laughs) And it's very strange to be on the other side of the mic. It's strange, isn't it? It feels weird for me to be asking questions, but I imagine that your listeners want to know more about you. Yes. Because when you introduce yourself, you know, you say, I'm Mark Lemon. Yeah. And... When I was 12, my dad was murdered. Mm. People stop short there and think, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You know, because it's quite a, quite a big statement. And I'm sure that you're probably used to saying it because, yes. you know, you've said it all your life. Mm. Um, not that the depth of that statement has detracted, but actually, you know, for someone who isn't expecting to hear it, it might sound like quite intense. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I guess that sort of is oh, it's a huge statement, obviously. And then um, secondly, I think it's something I've always wanted to get around to is actually telling my story on the podcast. And I guess it feels like a perfect opportunity to do it after now 12 episodes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So sort of the first question I thought was maybe that you could explain why you wanted to speak on your own podcast, which sounds a bit egotistical. <laughs> why do you want to speak on your own podcast? Yeah, well, I think it's important that the the listeners actually uh, get a sense of me and I guess why I decided to create Grief is My Superpower in the first place, you know, was... You know, you when you go through childhood trauma or when you lose anybody and you're going through your own grief, you have an instant empathy to try and help others going through a similar situation. And I think that's what triggered one in, you know, creating the podcast in the first place. And and so yeah, today's like a perfect opportunity of talking to you and giving the listeners um I guess the backstory around me and and you know, where I am today. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you very much. So can you tell us um, about yourself and what you do? God, that feels strange having that question back on me. Um, Yeah, so my name is Mark Lemon. I am a children's author. Uh, I'm a bereavement ambassador for Winston's Wish. Um, I'm a dad to Otis and Thea, and I'm also husband to Simone. Um, I live in Bristol and, uh, well, originally from Cambridge, and then I moved to London and lived there for on and off for 10 years. Um, and now I am a podcaster. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess there's a multitude of things going on there. But that is essentially me and, and who I am. Yeah. A man of many tricks. That's a long <laughs> way. You're all right. Um, are you happy to share with us um, your own experience with grief, please? Yeah, sure. So in 1992, uh, I, you know, obviously remember the date very clearly so uh, 12th of May 1992 um, I was at school and uh, and I was in the class it was quarter to three at the end of the day and I had a call well the the school had a call from my uh, my mum to say uh, we'd like you to go home and 
and I thought it's really strange because it was quarter to three and obviously the bell rings at like 10 past three, quarter past three. I was like, why do you need me to go home now? But it felt, you know, the urgency of it felt, you know, obviously worrying. And so I remember, and it's funny how you remember these days so clearly, is like I went to get my bike from the bike sheds and then I had remembered that my friend had locked my bike to his. And so I had to quickly run back to the class that I was in and get him to come and unlock it. And then I jumped on my bike and I, I cycled home as quickly as I could. Um, and I remember cycling home and it's funny how I just actually remember like a certain point on the journey home and I think, you know, having this feeling of something awful has happened, you know. And and I remember cycling into the close where we lived and seeing a couple of police cars sort of parked up and then because I have to cross the green onto where our house is. And as I approached the house, I could hear my sister crying in the front living room and seeing lots of strange people, um, you know, like detectives, policemen. And uh, and I also heard, you know, like my sister crying in the living room. So I quickly went through into the kitchen and I think it might be my aunt or somebody saying, oh, your mum wants to see you upstairs. So I went upstairs to the spare room and uh, yeah, um, and my mum told me that my dad had died um you know and that's etched in my mind forever you know that moment of um dad died this morning that's all she said and I remember us bursting into tears and uh you know probably hugged for about a minute and I thought I can't be here anymore I have to get out of the house and so I jumped on my bike and I cycled back to school and I saw like an old friend of mine uh whose dad had died a couple of years previous from I think it was cancer um and I just burst into tears, dropped to my knees and said, oh, my dad died this morning. And, um, and you know, and at that point, there was all the children coming out of uh, the school. So everyone saw me and, um, and I was taken back into the school, into uh, one of the classrooms or, or the offices. And, um, and I just remember sitting there and just sobbing, you know, and I went back to a friend's house whose mum was a teacher at the school then. And I was there till about seven in the evening and I remember getting a call just to say, you know, are you okay? Do you want to come home? And so I went, I remember having the conversation with, I think it was my mum saying, was it, was it a car accident? Because he had this sort of sports car and he used to go quite fast in it. And that was my immediate thought was it might've been a car accident. And so, yeah, I got home and I remember my uncle sitting me down and he, he's a, a, a priest or a vicar. And um, yeah, he sat me down and he said, um, you know, he, he basically told me what had happened. But, um, you know, he didn't go into details, but he said that he'd been killed by, I think it was by another man. And so what had happened was we had a cleaner at the time who became, I guess, a family friend. And she was in an abusive sort of relationship or, or marriage. And they were kind of at the end of their uh, their marriage in a sense and he was very jealous he thought um thought she was having an affair and so she would get her post redirected to our house and my dad would take it to houses that she'd be cleaning out and deliver it to her or she'd come and collect it um and so she was cleaning at a house in a uh, village called Histon just out Cambridge outside Cambridge and my dad went to give her the post and um her husband turned up and saw the red sports car outside and he put two and two together or thought he did went to a local uh 
went to a local shop and stole a boning knife. And he went back to the house. I think he might have gone round the back and they were having a coffee in the kitchen. And they, my dad and, and the man had like an altercation and a fight which apparently my dad got the better of him, but then went to get his briefcase and uh, the man turned around and stabbed him twice. The first one, I think, went into my dad's heart. So from all accounts, it killed him sort of instantly. And then turned on his wife and, and stabbed her twice. And then decided to turn around and stab my father another 15 times. And went into the garden and buried the boning knife in the in the in the garden for some un- unknown reason and uh, and and sort of f- fled the house and ran off but um i mean the police quickly caught up with him um so yeah you know it was i guess it, it feels like you know through my dad and you know our family trying to help this lady out it kind of led to what happened basically my goodness well thank you very much for sharing that cuz it can't be easy even after all this time, I worry that our stories become really flippant and, you know, you just sort of say it like on autopilot because, you know, people ask and you just say, yeah, 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 this happened. Mm. But actually from you telling that story, it shows still how raw the emotion is. Oh, you know. And how clearly you remember all those little details from your friend Mm. and getting your bike lock and... I mean, if I'd have asked you, tell me a memory from when you were 12, if your dad hadn't died, would you remember everything so clearly, you know? No, exactly. Those, you know, it's funny because those, those are the conversations I've had so many times on the podcast already. And it's about remembering that moment that you found out, you know, a bit like you with your brother and you, you sort of, you, these things are etched in your mind forever, you know, and... and and I was saying it the other day that I, f- I always forget when his birthday is, but I remember that day forever, you know, and that date. So number 12 has always been very significant to me personally, because not only is my birthday 12th, 12th, but my dad died on the 12th. And so, yeah. you know, anyway, so that, that date, yeah, is always, um, always stuck with me. And, you know, it's, it, it's strange because recently, and I spoke on a podcast the other day, not my own, but, and I had to tell my story then. And it really, it feels like, because I don't tell it as much these days when I do, it really, you know, hits home. Like, yeah. And, and, yeah. Well, absolutely. Can I just ask what your memory is of the last time that you saw your dad? Do you think about that a lot? Yeah, that's, you know, my my memory of my dad is him standing in the doorway that morning and with his briefcase and his, you know, his suit on like he always used to wear and sort of looking back and just saying, you know, maybe see you later or, you know, and that, yeah, that's kind of, I always have that memory of him and him standing in the doorway and, and yeah, that's kind of how I sort of, my last memory, I guess, of him. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice to have that because you know for for some people um like me i didn't actually see my brother for s- four months and it's quite nice that you saw him that morning i guess yeah no no, no you're completely right i think you know if if there are any positives to take out of it is that um, you had a fresh memory of i had him. a fresh memory of him and, and yeah he's i have that memory in my head of him and um 
yeah, you know. Um, and grief is a funny one, you know. It's kind of, inter- depending on the circumstance, some people get to say goodbye, some people don't. And uh, and and I think, you know, maybe when you don't get to say goodbye and it's such an impact of trauma, you know, that's the thing that kind of sticks with me the most is that I didn't get to say goodbye to him. And, and I'm sure, you know, you're probably the same, I would imagine, you know, it's the fact you just didn't get that opportunity. You know? Yeah, I was thinking about, about you and... Um uh your dad and how you know for my brother and suicide it was very much his decision for your dad it wasn't his decision and so that can cause frustration afterwards that you know with the way that you think about his death was that he didn't want it either yeah yeah no that's that i that is the other thing is that none of it was anything we could could have controlled you know it was it was out of our hands it was because somebody else did it to him you know through their own jealous rage and yeah and for a few years after it kind of those were the things that I was most angry about you know was how could you do that to you know a happy family to you know one minute you're going through life and things are good and it's you know I guess normality and then the next thing you know it's your world's turned upside down you know and there's nothing that you can rationalize you can't rationalize it and make sense of it ever no i imagine no not at all um how do you think that the loss of your dad has changed your outlook on life yeah i think it's 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 taught me to appreciate the little things i guess um you know obviously having a family now and having kids and being married and and it's i think it's it's taught me to appreciate every day i guess you know and and you know life life is short you know it's life is short and you know you hear so many stories about people being there one minute and then they're gone the next and i think anyone listen to this and they're going through grief completely understand what i'm saying you know and and, and so and the other thing is like a sense of empathy towards people. I think, you know, the bereaved automatically, you know, and we always talk about being in the club, <laughs> but but it's um it's having like an empathy towards people and and a sense of 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 uh of compassion, I guess. And you know, I don't get me wrong, after my dad died I had a lot of anger and I, you know, pent it up, but I think a lot of people have said to me I don't know how you continued in a positive light when you could have gone down the totally different path, you know? And so I don't know, I, I kind of, I wouldn't say I'm a religious guy, but I've believed in a higher power and potentially I was sort of driven and pushed, you know, thankfully in, in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially being a 12 year old and going through those teenage years ahead of you, it must've been very difficult not to want to rebel, to be angry yeah i mean you know at school if it wasn't for um my form tutor i probably would have been expelled i was was suspended (laughs) and i was i got into fights and i was you know and and i guess as expected i had a lot of pent-up aggression and you know and i think the other thing is for to have an impact of trauma at 12 years old uh, you know just starting secondary school really and and so for me 
I saw secondary school as like a write-off in a sense, you know. Um, you know, I just lost my role model, my 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 friend, you know. And so, yeah, I didn't really see anything. I couldn't see further down the line. Um, but thankfully, you know, and I always... <laughs> you've seen the film Good Will Hunting. Yes. Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it kind of... That film resonated with me hugely because... You know, I'd see, you know, my form tutor was like my Robin Williams. You know? uh, he kind of, yeah. he kept me on the right track. And he sort of, um, I think if it wasn't for him, I might have gone to another school or, and who knows what the story might be. But yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes in life you need those people to help you out along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You should get in touch and tell him that. It would make his day. Yeah, my mum still sees him around Cambridge, uh, actually. So yeah, I do. I would like to tell him yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... The next question is, grief is still very much a taboo subject in the UK. In your opinion, what can be done to open up the conversation to help others feel comfortable to talk about their own grief? It's a very long question. Yes, it is a long question, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder who wrote that. Um, Yeah, well, you know, we talk about it all the time on the podcast. I think it's an interesting one. And and I guess that's the whole rationale as to, you know, creating this podcast and is to, you know, talk to people like yourself and and many others about grief and and how a lot of people just feel it really awkward to talk about people, to talk to people about grief. And um, it can be a very awkward conversation because you don't know what to say. You might upset them. You know, you don't want to make them cry. You you know, you don't want to bring up old feelings, but we always say that, you know, talking about those that are no longer here is because, you know, you want to talk about them, remember them and, and talk about the fond memories that you have of them. And and so I think maybe as a nation and the UK, that's something we need to remember is, you know, those that have lost somebody or someone's died, it's because, you know, it's good to talk. They want to talk about them, you know, at the right time. Not everybody does, obviously, but at the right time, at the right opportunity. And so... Yeah, I think we've talked about, you know, the, what what I really want to do at the moment is, you know, I want to introduce like grief guardians or, you know, whatever the name might be into schools and probably secondary schools, I would imagine, just so younger children going through that can have an older, you know, peer who they can go to and talk to and feel supported or, or just, you know, confide and talk to. And then that peer can maybe feed back to, you know, to to teachers if they feel it's right because I think it's about giving children that opportunity to open up and I remember being in school and my myself you know you felt isolated you felt alone because you know back in 1992 no one really knew what to say they did there wasn't I mean I had uh, the culture's changed yeah thankfully and uh, you know I was counseled by crews who were brilliant but they weren't really a bereavement counselling, you know, they were sort of a generic, you know, lots of encompassed a lot of different uh, counselling. And so, yeah, even then it was like sitting down and just talking about my feelings and how are you today? And, you know, a very generic yeah, 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 conversation. Yeah. 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 Well, I remember having a very similar conversation um, with my mum the other day about sort of how people have been treating us since Craig died. And, um, there's a lady that she sees every morning when she takes her dog out for a walk and she used to be a teacher at, at the school that we went to and mum said that um, the first time they met after Craig died she said um, I don't want to intrude 
but we will see each other every day. So if you fancy talking, give me a thumbs up. If you don't, thumbs down and I'll walk on by and I won't see you. And I think that's a really kind of um, wise way to approach it, like understanding that people do want to talk sometimes and sometimes don't. I think the thumbs up, thumbs down is perfect. You know, it's, it's because a lot of people don't know Sometimes they don't know how to vocalise how they're feeling. So, you know, essentially that thumb up, thumb down is like, not today, thanks, or... Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. Um, how do you think we can better introduce the conversation into schools? We have spoken briefly about grief guardians, and yeah. uh, I think that that is a, a really important uh, opportunity because it shows that... Um, well, it gives students the opportunity to speak to peers as opposed to adult child conversations. Yeah. No, I think like, we, you know, just said about the sort of introducing that into schools, I think it would be perfect. Um, yeah, it's kind of, I guess it's the way of going around it as well. You know, you, you know, at the moment, um, looking to work with Winston's wish on this and, you know, I guess start small and then grow it nationally would be fantastic, you know, but, and, and a lot of schools might already have it in place. Um, but I think it's just starting the conversation and also going into schools and training teachers and staff, essentially how to maybe approach that sort of situation would be great. Yeah. Okay, are you happy to share three things about your dad that make you smile when you think of him? I love this question. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good question and it seems so strange because, yeah, I, I was thinking about it on my way here. And, yeah, I guess the first one would probably be playing football with him outside. We used to, used to sort of... He used to be quite good or think he was at training me at football. <laughs> so, you know, dad, yeah, yeah, classic dads. But no, yeah, he was great. And so, yeah, I think that really brings a smile to my face. And that though, that's a really fun memory that I always think about. And I always kind of relate it into, you know, if I'm doing it with Otis, I, I immediately snap back to when I'm doing it with my dad, you know. And, I, and it can't, it's quite nice because it sort of feels like it's a continuation of a legacy of something we used to do together. Yeah. Um, Can I ask how old your dad was when he died? God, I, I want to say he was 49. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess he was an older dad. But he used to smoke. And then and my mum sort of said to me, oh, I remember he said, look, if I don't give this up, I'm not going to be able to run after, you know, the kids. Yeah. So he gave it up. Uh -huh. So I think maybe just before I was born or just as I was born. So, yeah, he was, I mean, he was quite an active guy. So that was quite good. Um what else yeah he used to kind of he used to sit there on a sunday he used to sit there have his headphones on have like one of those stubby beers and yeah. listen to his classical music and do like the crosswords i remember he used again to, classic dad isn't classic it? dad <laughs> yeah. but yeah and i and i just have that, that that nice memory of him just sitting there in his own zone yeah with his pen you know doing the crosswords <laughs> whilst we were kind of you know being mental around him probably. careering around careering the around yeah um it's funny because I sometimes put my headphones on like that. <laughs> Simone's like, come on. Yeah. Good time. Um, and then what else? Yeah, just like he was amazing. At, um, I was all really thankful to him for taking us abroad in the summer. And we had some really amazing holidays abroad like, across Europe. And like, we, we used to, you know, drive through, you know, France, Germany, Italy, and all of these really nice experiences, Switzerland, you know. 
And when you look back on them, obviously as a child, you know, you don't really, you know, you take it for granted. But now I'm thinking, you know, it kind of really broadens your mind and I'm really thankful for, for those experiences, yeah. And you never know when they're going to end. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that, that quote on Instagram, isn't there, about you've got 18 summers with your children. Well, yeah. you don't know that you do. You make the most of everyone. No, that's true, yeah. Uh, there are some questions from the children at Winston's Wish. Yep. Uh, the first one is, how do you make yourself feel happy when you are feeling sad? Yeah, that is, I mean, you know, everyone always says it's a good question, but it is a good question because, uh, you know, it's really important. I mean, yesterday, and we were talking, uh, you know, as we say, off mic, and, um, you know, yesterday I've had to revisit, I guess, counselling in a sense of myself and just have a check-in and, and, you know, because for the listeners, you know, when you're having these conversations quite frequently, it's quite important to go and talk to somebody else about how you're feeling. And so, so... Yeah, and, and the person who I spoke to said, listen, you need to make time for you and doing things for you. And, you know, even if it's just going for a walk and, you know, getting with nature and breathing in and getting some fresh air or going to the cinema on your own, you know, which I, if it, you know, it's quite rare, but if I get to do it, sit there and just watch a movie on my own. Um, yeah, things like that. Just taking myself away from a situation yeah. normally makes me feel happy. Yeah. What piece of music reminds you of your dad? Okay, so yeah, also thinking about this, there's quite a few pieces of music, but I think one that really stands out strangely is there was a group called Enigma, and it was right at the beginning of the 90s, and it was like, uh, I don't know how you describe Enigma, this sort of synth poppy, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of it. No, them. but at the t- so at the time... I guess they were quite cutting edge. But uh, <laughs> I just remember being in the car on the way back from football when he'd picked me up from training or whatever and, and, um, and he'd put the, put the album on. And, and I remember when he died actually putting that, on, that album on and listening to that and also maybe, you know, like UB40 or something like that, you know, also springs to mind, yeah. Pieces of music are always very significant yeah. in sort of reminding you of people. But... You don't get to choose them, you know, like they, they choose you, like, like you have to listen to certain pieces of music that you wouldn't necessarily think that that was the one that was going to remind you of. No, that's true. You know what I mean? Because it might trigger a certain time or. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, how do you think your grief has shaped you? Yeah. Well, like I said earlier, I think it's just made me the man I am today. I think, you know, it's. It's kind of, it's, and I've spoken to a few people on the podcast already about, you know, I feel that the bereaved have a drive that maybe no no one else has inside of them. And it's given me, you know, like what I'm doing now, it's it's really given me a drive to, to want to help others. And it's kind of, there's a fire there that burns, you know, to, to, to succeed maybe to 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 do it for me to do it for my mother um to do it for my family and maybe they it's maybe you know as a as an around the block answer it's it's because life's short you know and just kind of make the most of it and just go for it you know because you get one shot absolutely yeah and that's really powerful simple but powerful yeah answer um 
what do you do to remember your dad on important days like his birthday and other days across the year? Yeah, so as I mentioned, I always forget his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's it's just strange now because I guess his birthday is not really a day that I celebrate, but the day that obviously always sticks in my mind is the 12th of May. And so yeah, I, I if if we're in if we're in uh, Cambridge, then I'll go and we'll put some flowers down um where my dad's ashes are scattered. Um or like this year for or sorry, yeah last year this year um my wife sort of said look you know i know when the day's building up because you kind of maybe go a bit quiet or you know and and so really it's just it's you know slight self-care really just taking that time to just be you know just remember like just remember the fun times it doesn't mean you have to be vocal about it or you have to get loads of pictures out or whatever but it's kind of whatever makes you you know him or her in your thoughts you know yeah. yeah just do just go with go with the flow yeah, yeah yeah um and we're already at the last question wow i know time flies <laughs> and finally if you could sit down with your dad for one final conversation what do you think you might say to him yeah gosh um i'd like to i think i'd like to ask him if he was proud of me um if you know if i'm on the right course potentially you know as, as in you know of course you know i'm sure anything he would say would be fine but yeah you know i think that i've always thought about that one i think that would be something i'd like to ask him but also you know that i love him and and that you know the years that the years that we spent together were special and and those are the things that I cherish and I remember always and um, you know when the time comes I have to tell my own children what happened to my dad you know I'm going to share the special memories with them and carry those on throughout you know our life yeah that's lovely thank you very much Mark and thank you very much for letting me hijack your podcast today (laughs) if you haven't already please please subscribe because this is a really special podcast and I feel privileged to be part of it again. No, thank you so much for today. Thank you.